This is a recording of Alma, Young Man, Hidden Prophet by Matthew L. Bowen, originally published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 19, 2016, pages 1 through 11. Read by Parker Jackson. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged, the journal and its website are credited, and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com. Alma, Young Man, Hidden Prophet, by Matthew L. Bowen Abstract The biographical introduction of Alma the Elder into the Book of Mormon narrative in Mosiah 17.2 also introduces the name Alma into the text for the first time this in close juxtaposition with a description of Alma as a young man. The best explanation for the name Alma is that it derives from the Semitic term Chalam, or Hebrew Elam, meaning young man, youth, or lad. This suggests the strong probability of an intentional wordplay on the name Alma in the Book of Mormon's underlying text. Alma became God's young man, or servant. Additional lexical connections between Mosiah 17.2 and Mosiah 14.1, quoting Isaiah 53.1, suggest that Abinadi identified Alma as the one to whom, or upon whom, from the root Almi, the Lord was revealing his arm as Abinadi's prophetic successor. Alma began his prophetic succession when he believed Abinadi's report and pled with King Noah for for Abinadi's life. Forced to flee, Alma began his prophetic ministry hidden and concealed while writing the words of Abinadi and teaching them privately. The narrative's dramatic emphasis on this aspect of Alma's life suggests an additional thread of wordplay that exploits the homonymy between Alma and the Hebrew root Alam, forms of which mean to hide, conceal, be hidden, and be concealed. The richness of the wordplay and illusion revolving around Alma's name in Mosiah 17 and 18 accentuates his importance as a prophetic figure and founder of the later Nephite church. Moreover, it suggests that Alma's name was appropriate given the details of his life and that he lived up to the positive connotations latent in his name. And he was a young man. As I have noted in a previous study, one of the most transparent examples of onomastic wordplay in the Book of Mormon text is found in Mosiah 17, verse 2. This verse mentions the name Alma for the first time, and the name's bearer, Alma the Elder, is introduced into Mormon's Abinadi narrative. But there was one among them whose name was Alma, he also being a descendant of Nephi, and he was a young man. See the Hebrew root Elam. And he believed the words which Abinadi had spoken, for he knew concerning the iniquity which Abinadi had testified against them. Therefore he began to plead with the king that he would not be angry with Abinadi, but suffer that he might depart in peace. Hugh Nibley posited many years ago that the name Alma means young man. Paul Hoskison concurred with Nibley, analyzing Alma as cognate with Elam, which had been Galam at an earlier stage of the Hebrew language with the meaning youth or lad. See 
Ugaritic Chalam, Old South Arabic Chalam, meaning child, boy, or youth, and Arabic Hulam, meaning boy, youth, lad, slave, servant, or waiter. Alma is an attested Semitic name, but is not found in the biblical corpus, although it may be related to the personal and place name Alemeth or Alameth, and the place name Alman. The textual juxtaposition of the name Alma with young man, its evident etymological meaning, strongly suggests intentional authorial wordplay on the name or a play on the meaning of the name. In this essay, I revisit the wordplay on Alma in Mosiah 17.2 in order to show that the wordplay goes well beyond the polyptaton on Alma and Elam there. I will incorporate a previous observation by Aaron P. Shade and myself that the text of Mosiah 17.2 also alludes to Abinadi's use of Isaiah 53.1 in Mosiah 14.1, converting the phrase to whom, from the root almi, into a literary echo of Alma's name in Mosiah 14.1. Moreover, I will show that the text of Mosiah 17.8 includes a much lengthier paranomasia that exploits the homonymy of the name Alma and the Hebrew verbal root Alam, meaning to hide, conceal, be hidden, be concealed, or hide oneself. Alma, God's young man and descendant of Nephi. If the printer's manuscript of the Book of Mormon is any indication, we are fortunate to be able to detect the wordplay of Alma and young man, from Elam in Mosiah 17.2 at all. The words, he also being a descendant of Nephi and he was a young man, were almost omitted from the printer's manuscript when Oliver Cowdery made this copy from the original manuscript of the Book of Mormon. He subsequently reinserted these phrases in superlineal fashion into the printer's manuscript. Writes Royal Skousen, there are no similar words or phrases here that could have led Oliver Cowdery to visually skip this part of the text. Instead, his eye seems to have skipped down past an entire line of the original manuscript as initially copied from the original manuscript into the printer's manuscript. Later, probably while proofing the printer's manuscript against the original manuscript, he discovered his error and supplied the text that he had originally omitted. The supralineal, or excuse me, the supralinear insertion is in heavier ink. Clearly, the passage would have read perfectly fine without the added text. Thus, there was no motivation to insert this line of text, except that it was the reading of the original manuscript. Oliver Cowdery must have attached some importance into the nearly missed clauses in the text, hence his re-inscribing re them into the printer's manuscript in heavier ink, as if for conscious or subconscious emphasis. However, Oliver probably did not appreciate that his restoration of the missed text preserved strong evidence of intertextuality between Alma the Elder's narrative biographical introduction and Nephi's autobiographical introduction, as well as Enos's and Zenith's later autobiographical introductions in Enos 1.1 and Mosiah 9.1. Indeed, the aforementioned wordplay on Alma as a young man becomes even more striking in view of earlier wordplay in the Book of Mormon. For example, when we compare the biographical introduction of Alma to his ancestor Nephi's autobiographical introduction and a related biographical description of himself and why his faith diverged from his brothers, the textual dependence of Alma's biography on Nephi's autobiography is clear. 
compare 1 Nephi 1, 1 and 1 Nephi 2, verse 16 with Mosiah 17, verse 2. On one hand, the onomastic wordplay on Alma and Young Man imitates the autobiographical wordplay of 1 Nephi 1, 1 on Nephi and Nefer, meaning goodly, goodness, etc. On the other hand, the wordplay cunningly incorporates Nephi's subsequent autobiographical description of himself as young. Beyond this, the two texts from Nephi's personal writings share numerous lexical connections that Mosiah 17.2 utilizes, such as Nephi, um, knowledge, know, my father, taught in all the learning of my father, did believe all the words which had been spoken by my father. Against the backdrop of pre-Lehite biblical scripture, the narrators, the narrators evoking of the term Elam through wordplay recalls the David-Saul-Jonathan cycle wherein Elipham occurs twice. In the King James Version of the Bible, it is translated young man in one instance. If I say thus unto the young man, La Elam, from 1 Samuel 20, 22, and stripling in the other, inquire thou whose son the stripling, Ha Elam. Thus the juxtaposition Alma with young man, in addition to linking Alma with his ancestor Nephi, serves to associate Alma with the positive portrayal of the Elam, David, in 1 Samuel 17. The Elam, or young man, in 1 Samuel 20, verse 22, was clearly a servant, a kind of ebed, and thus in this instance preserves the semantic nuance of Ocholam, as found in Arabic, Ghulam, a young man being a servant. Here we might compare the epithets ascribed to Kirta, or Kirtu, in the Ugaritic epic of Kirta, Halam il, meaning young man of El, and Abad il, meaning servant of El. This sense of Elam is perhaps conceptually important to the later narrative's depiction of Alma as God's servant and the spiritual successor of Abinadi. Nevertheless, there is still more to the narrator's onomastic portrait of Alma. Alma, the one to whom and upon whom the Lord revealed his arm. Aaron P. Shade and I have elsewhere proposed that the narrator intended the phrase, and he believed the words which Abinadi had spoken, from Mosiah 17, verse 2, as a direct allusion to Mosiah 14, 1, where Abinadi begins his full-length citation of Isaiah 53 to King Noah and his priests, including Alma. Abinadi declares, Yea, even doth not Isaiah say, Who hath believed our report, and to whom? Almi, or upon whom, is the arm of the Lord revealed, quoting Isaiah 53.1. By identifying Alma as the one who believed Abinadi's report in Mosiah 17.2, the narrator also identifies Alma as the one to whom, Almi, or upon whom the arm of the Lord had been revealed. Confirmatory evidence for Mosiah 17.2 as an allusion to Isaiah 53.1 and Mosiah 14.1 surfaces during Abinadi's martyrdom with his declaration that many others would be similarly martyred because they believe in the salvation of the Lord their God. 
See Mosiah 17:15. Abinadi's words also allude to Isaiah 52, verse 10. The Lord hath made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. A text which one of Noah's priests, perhaps Alma himself, had quoted to Abinadi. See Mosiah 12:24, And that Abinadi himself requoted to the priests, including Alma. See Mosiah 15:31 and 16:1. In the latter passage, he calls it the salvation of the Lord. Abinadi's phraseology, believe in the salvation of the Lord, thus subtly combines the language of Isaiah 52.10 with believe from Isaiah 53.1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? In the immediate context of Abinadi's discussion of Isaiah, the language of Mosiah 17.2 causes the language of Isaiah 52.10 and especially Isaiah 53.1 to revolve around Alma as the only one in Noah's court to recognize that the Lord had made bare his holy arm, and was thus the only one to see the salvation of God. Alma was the only one to whom, Almi, the arm of the Lord was revealed. Alma's ancestor Nephi's goodness, or goodliness, as implied in the latter's name, was at least partly attributable to goodly parents, including a goodly father who had taught him somewhat in all his learning, and prepared him to seek and acquire a great knowledge of the goodness of and the mysteries of God. See First Nephi 1.1. Nephi, though he was admittedly, admittedly young, had great desires to know of the mysteries of God. Alma too, though a young man, an Elam, and a priestly member of a corrupt royal court, nevertheless sincerely listened to Abinadi's prophetic report. On account of his desire, Nephi was visited by the Lord, and the Lord did soften Nephi's heart that he did believe all the words which had been spoken by his father. 1 Nephi 2.16 Alma's listening to Abinadi's report was so sincere that he had the arm of the Lord revealed to him and later upon him, Almi, and he believed the words which Abinadi had spoken. Both Nephi and Alma, his descendant, experienced what Nephi described in these words. For he that diligently seeketh shall find, and the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto them by the power of the Holy Ghost, as well as in these times as in times of old, and as well in times of old as in times to come. Wherefore, the course of the Lord is one eternal round. 1 Nephi 10.19 Mormon seemingly alluded to both Nephi's and Alma's experiences when he wrote autobiographically, and I, being fifteen years of age and being somewhat of a sober mind, therefore I was visited of the Lord and tasted and knew of the goodness of Jesus. See Mormon 1.15 and Mormon 2.1. Nephi, Alma, and Mormon all became prophets, witnesses to whom and upon whom the Lord had revealed his arm. Alma's Hidden Ministry Mosiah 17, verse 2, emphasized Alma's being an Elam, or a young man, who believed the words of Abinadi, his spiritual father, from Hebrew, Abi. And implicitly, the revelation which led him to believe Abinadi's report, the revealed arm of the Lord. In Mosiah 17, verses 3 and 4, 
the narrator shifts the emphasis to Alma's hiding himself and beginning his prophetic ministry concealed from King Noah and his priests, Alma's former colleagues. The result is another thread of automastic wordplay on Alma. But the king was more wroth, and caused that Alma should be cast out from among them, and sent his servants after him that they might slay him. But he fled from before them and hid himself. Hebrew hit alam that they found him not. And he being concealed, Netlam, for many days did write all the words which Abinadi had spoken. It is no small detail that Alma's prophetic ministry begins in hiding. Alma's name was not only appropriate given that he was a young man, but also because he successfully hid himself, presumably with divine help. Had he been immediately discovered by the king, Alma's efforts would have been fruitless. Here the narrator breaks off from his biographical introduction of Alma in order to tell the story of Abinadi's martyrdom. Following Abinadi's death, the narrator, Mormon, resumes the biography of Alma the Elder that he had briefly begun. He also resumes his emphasis on the hiddenness or secrecy of Alma's prophetic activities. And now it came to pass that Alma, who had fled from the servants of King Noah, repented of his sins and iniquities and went about privately or in a hidden manner, among the people, and began to teach the words of Abinadi, yea, concerning that which was to come, and also concerning the resurrection of the dead and the redemption of the people, which was to be brought to pass through the power and sufferings and death of Christ, and his resurrection and ascension into heaven. And as many as would hear his word he did teach, and he taught them privately, that it might not come to the knowledge of the king, and many did believe his words. Mosiah 18, verses 1 through 3. The resumption of Alma's biography marks a progression in his nascent prophetic ministry. He had fully repented of his sins and iniquities, yet he was not content merely to have written Abinadi's words while having hid himself, but now also went about privately among the people and began to teach the words of Abinadi. Again, the narrative creates a paranomasia on the name Alma, based on the homonymy of Alma and the Semitic Hebrew root Alam, or at least the interpretive paranomastic meaning created for Alma by the homonymic relationship of Alma from Chalam and Alam, the play on the Midrashic paranomastic idea of Alma as hidden one could also be accomplished with Hebrew synonyms like Haba and Satar or even other terms. The narrators Mormon's repetition of wordplay on Alma is not quite an example of Wiederaufnahme, or resumptive narrative repetition, since it is not simply a reiteration or restatement of what he has already narrated. However, the twofold use of a word or phrase translated privately dramatically recalls the hidden and concealed beginnings of Alma's life as a prophet, this while emphasizing the difficult and perhaps appropriate nature of Alma's current prophetic and evangelical labor. As Mormon begins to describe the importance of the place that became his namesake, he provides a final yet emphatic wordplay on Alma and Hyde, or Alam. 
Now there was in Mormon a fountain of pure water, and Alma resorted thither, there being near the water a thicket of small trees, where he did hide himself in the daytime from the searches of the king. And it came to pass that as many as believed him went thither to hear his words. Mosiah 18, verses 5 and 6. Alma continues his hidden prophetic ministry by baptizing in the waters of Mormon, a thicket of small trees affording Alma all of the secrecy he required. The language of Mosiah 18, verses 5 and 6, additionally recalls Mosiah 17, 2, just as Alma believed Abinadi's prophetic report, now many others were believing his. The arm of the Lord was being revealed to some 450 souls. The discovery of Alma and his hidden ministry marks the end of his people's sacred time at the waters of Mormon, a time that was remembered ever after among the Nephites. Mormon records, And these things were done in the borders of the land, that they might not come to the knowledge of the king. But behold, it came to pass that the king, having discovered a movement among the people, sent his servants to watch them. Therefore, on the day that they were assembling themselves together to hear the word of the Lord, they were discovered unto the king. Mosiah 18:30-32. Alma and his people's hiddenness came to an end at that time. However, once they were discovered unto the king and his servants, divine providence ensured that Noah and his henchmen did not crush the nascent church. And it came to pass that the army of the king returned, having searched in vain for the people of the Lord. Mosiah 19, verse 1. Alma remained hidden long enough to establish a church and a movement that would eventually renovate Nephite religion, politics, and society. The importance of what Alma the Elder accomplished in secret at the waters of Mormon can scarcely be overestimated. The impact that his son, Alma the Younger, upon whom he, of course, bestowed his own name, and his later descendants had upon Nephite politics and religion was similarly tremendous. Conclusion The evident wordplay in Mosiah 17, verse 2, stands as yet another example of wordplay that is imitative of 1 Nephi 1, verse 1, but also draws together and incorporates other elements of Nephi's biography. See also 1 Nephi 2.16. Moreover, the same language deliberately recalls Abinadi's utilization of Isaiah 53 to preach repentance to King Noah and his court, and suggests that Alma himself was the answer to Abinadi's appropriation of Isaiah's question. Who hath believed our report? And to whom, Almi, is the arm of the Lord revealed? Mosiah 14.1, quoting Isaiah 53.1. Finally, Alma the Elder was truly the hidden prophet. He recorded Abinadi's exchange with Noah and his priests and the former's prophetic words while hiding himself and being concealed from the latter. He went about privately and taught his words and Abinadi's words privately, and he did hide himself while baptizing and establishing a church at the waters of Mormon. The three-dimensional word play on the name Alma in Mosiah chapters 17 and 18 demonstrates yet again how sophisticated onomastic word play in the Book of Mormon can be. Recognizing and appreciating its use can help us better understand the messages intended by the book's ancient authors and editors. The author would like to thank Susie Bowen, Daniel C. Peterson, Jeffrey M. Bradshaw, 
Tim Guyman, Andrew C. Smith, Parker Jackson, and Heather Souls. Matthew L. Bowen was raised in Orem, Utah, and graduated from Brigham Young University. He holds a Ph.D. in Biblical Studies from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and is currently an assistant professor in religious education at Brigham Young University, Hawaii. He and his wife, the former Suzanne Blattberg, are the parents of three children, Zachariah, Nathan, and Adele. This has been a recording of Alma, Young Man, Hidden Prophet, by Matthew L. Bowen. Originally published in Interpreter, A Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 19, 2016, pages 1 through 11. Read by Parker Jackson. A printed version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon Scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com.